0: Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this lovely, whatever day you're listening to it, I'm recording it on Monday. Um, this lovely day. And I trust for those of you who went out and had fun with your uh, fantasies or fetishes or whatever, by the way, your fetish, is the thing that turns you on. So it's the shoe or the leather or something. So it's not the person wearing the shoe. So anyone who says, oh, they're, you know, they're shoe fetishists, no, they're not. They're turned on by you know, the person in the shoe, um, generally speaking. But a woman can be a shoe fetishist. She can get turned on by the shoe. There we go. Uh, did you have fun with Halloween? Did you enjoy yourselves? And one of the things that, for me, is one of the sweetest things that you get to see is the involvement over time of how families and how people present their homes to welcome someone in to a halloween environment and where i I, am living in southern california and i'm seeing more gravestones i'm seeing more hung things uh oodles of monster spiders lots and lots and lots of cobweb stuff and When I was walking around on, I go for a walk on Sunday mornings. Well, I try to go every morning, by the way. But it it was like I was looking at this and it was like, you know, the the morning after the big party. And I was just looking at and some of them were so fun. And that's part of relationship building for anyone, is creating the fun that occurs in your life. And when someone can really understand you, and someone can make you laugh, that is such an entree into how they truly get you. And so for most women, and for many men, if they know that they can make her laugh, what is it Jack Nicholson said? You make her laugh, you've got a life. And in large part, that's true. Because for women, speaking of straight relationships, but, you know, whether it's straight, gay, bi, whatever, for The majority of women, if someone can say something that makes them laugh or that they find funny, that is like an opening of a heart connection that doesn't happen any other way. Why do you think people love to go to comedy shows? Because when you laugh, it creates a completely different brain chemistry and body chemistry that has you, you like when you're at a party or you're at an event, what is the most magnetic part of the room? You got it. The group of people in the corner who are having a great time laughing. People want to be around that. They don't want to be around gloom and doom over in the corner. No thanks. So one of the things that when I you know, was thinking of today's show, I have a range of different things that I want to cover. Um, first off, I want to let you know that I'm going to be the guest tomorrow on Diana Wiley's show Love, Lust and Laughter and Diana is a PhD she is a family therapist and board certified sex therapist she's in Seattle area I saw her 10 days ago when I was up in Seattle for the leadership council meeting that I am the chair of that so her show is a it's on uh PRN and it's called Love, Lust, and Laughter, and it's from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're able to listen tomorrow live, she and I will be discussing things about the council, about the Seattle organization, and a range of other things. She and I are going to organize that right after I do finish my show today. So just to let you remind you, Dr. Diana Wiley, and then she will be the guest on my show next week. And so we'll talk about all things sexual, particularly uh, gerontology sex, sex for those over fifty, over sixty, because that is a completely different style of when you're dealing from a sex therapy standpoint and from a physiological standpoint for many couples. First off, it may be a new couple coming together is kind of like, okay, how do we, you know, blend things? It may be that there are health issues for many. There's been something that. May it happen. Then you also have the dynamics of what is happening in their life with previous children or, you know, an ex-spouse. So, I mean, as I say to people, listen, when you do go into a new relationship, yes, you're going to have memories. Let's not call them baggage. Let's just call them suitcases. But when you do, you do bring your memories. You do bring the things that, but think of only the things that worked well. You know the things that didn't work well. You don't want to repeat those. You want to repeat the things that did work well. So I tell people, great, you're checking onto a plane. You're doing carry-on baggage only. So that means two suitcases, okay? It doesn't mean purse and two suitcases, ladies. It means two suitcases. And I do enough traveling to know that if you want to have a uh, a purse with you, you pack it into the side of your suitcase and you fill in. So what Diana and I are going to talk about next week is Things of that nature. How do you expand your sex life? Let's say you've been with a partner for 25 years, 30 years, and you may think, oh, my God, I'm way too shy to bring up something like that. Well, here may very well be the perfect time to do it. Another thing that I'd like to ask you to look at, again, looking at what makes someone find you attractive and magnetic, what type of kindness do you practice? How kind are you to yourself? Can you answer that? And if the kindness that you show to yourself isn't as much as you show to others, I'm going to make a strong suggestion you do a little review and make you be the person that you're kindest to. And here's why. Energetically, you give off. You know, and here's the other thing. Your words have such a powerful impact that, and once you say a word and once you say a thought, please remember, thoughts are things. They don't just sort of go like this. There's a little sound wave and then poof, they're gone. No, 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 no. They stick around. There is a reason why. People who are at certain levels in companies or in their own life are very, very aware of their phrasing, their word choice, their delivery, because if you are around someone in a company or in a relationship that wants to be the only one who's always right, guess what's going to happen? They can be right, and they're going to be right all by themselves. And that's the same thing that often happens in companies. They can be right, but they're going to be right all by themselves because no one wants to be working with them. When you are the kindness that you show to yourself, and kindness is not weakness. Please do not confuse that. And it does not mean that you're a doormat. And I'm going to go into some uh, cover uh, probably in the next section in the next segment of the radio show. The Definitions of Adultery, According to a Book, Love Without End, Jesus Speaks. And it's written by a woman, Glenda Green. And it was fascinating for me to read this. And for those of you who may have listened to my show before, you know that I am not someone who is part of organized religion. Spirituality, yes. Organized religion, No. Never baptized, never went to church, none of that. Uh, had a Bible because I had to when I was in private school. And actually, my boyfriend got such a kick out of it. He was like this, oh my God, you have a Bible? I was like, yeah, I have a Bible. I got it when I was 11. <laughs> so, but what I looked at when I was, in, and what I want to talk about is chapter 10 in this book, the and it's the Ten Commandments of Love. And what it, it's talking about is number sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And I'm going to read directly from the book. It is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Now, going to things that are in the news. Today, we saw something of a young woman from 1875, and the story of, I believe her name is, Blanche Monnier, M-O-N-N-I-E-R, Blanche Monnier. She was a young French woman who it was time for her to be married. Her mother was from a very aristocratic family. And Blanche chose an older attorney who was not overly successful. And her mother, in order to stop her, and Blanche was determined that this was who she wanted, her mother said no, and Blanche disappeared. Well, what mother did mama did is she locked blanche up for 25 years in a room in the house so this young woman for the love that she wanted was literally she was literally put into a you know condemned cell solitary confinement for 25 years well needless to say she was a little bit not you know well or socialized when she got out But that just gives you an idea of how powerfully sometimes people come in and want to stop love occurring between people. And yet the one thing that I know from spirit, from universe, from wherever, is that love is the thing that is the most crucial. And it's where we all come from. It's the basis of all of us. And when we come back, I will be talking about that, uh, the article, pardon me, the chapter, Chapter 10, Commandments of Love. And then I'm going to talk about what I'm doing later this week with Children of the Night, Dr. Lois Lee's organization that I will be speaking with. Here come the tunes, and I will be right back.
2: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
3: Pediatrics published a study that said by following three easy, healthy habits, we can lower the risk of childhood obesity. Implementing three family habits, eating dinner together, making sure kids get enough sleep, and limiting TV can help. The combination of these three habits is associated with a lower risk of obesity in children, according to a new study. The study found that children who ate dinner with their families more than five times a week, slept for at least 10.5 hours a night, and watched less than two hours of TV a day were 40% less likely to be obese than children who did none of those things. Keeping kids active and moving along with these habits will keep the weight off and the energy going. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
0: Welcome back to Sex Talk.
1: Welcome back. And again, if you have any questions that you would like to ask me directly, please email me at office at lewpadgett.com. And again, spelled like my name, L-O-U, P-A-G-E-T, dot com. Um, I might on occasion recommend things through Facebook, but I, I'm not that keen on how um, confidential or private Facebook can be. So I'd much rather that people email me. Anyway, if again, if you have questions, a personal question that you would like a quick answer to, please just uh, email me at office at Lou Padgett, and I will answer it personally. So... After that sad story of Blanche Monnier getting locked away by her mother, who, by the way, after the police found out about this from an anonymous note, goodness knows who that might have been, Mama ended up having a heart attack and dying 15 days afterwards. (laughs) I wonder what that karmic lesson looked like. might have been a bit harsh. (laughs) So here we go. What I'd like to talk about now is from the book, Love without end. Jesus speaks, and I happen to have the tenth anniversary edition by Glenda Green. And Glenda Green is a fine, uh, fine art, fine artist who paints. Um, she would do portraiture uh, occasionally, some landscapes. But the important thing about this is, this is in essence the conversations she had directly with Jesus. And for years, she never spoke about it. And for good reason. And actually, I've, I've, I've touched base before where a girlfriend of mine, Christy Paul, is one of the on-air anchors for HLM News. She's based in Atlanta. And there was a young boy. They've done a movie of it subsequently. But when he first was had uh, a ruptured appendix they thought he was going to die the father was a minister and he came and said you know they drove by this hospital and he says yeah that's where i was um daddy you were in the room you were yelling at god and mommy you were sitting on the couch crying the long and the short of the story is this young boy said they said well where were you and he said i was on jesus's knee and as they became public with what this story was, the family got absolutely attacked. They were told, you have made this up. Well, you know, what, you know, three-year-old little boy is gonna make this up? Question mark, question mark. However, Christy, uh, they, she has a very faith-based household and she was very interested in interviewing this young man and, and the family, the little boy and the family. And the family said, no, they had no interest in doing it because of how attacked had been. Well, subsequently, we see now that there are more people who have had a similar experience, few, and this woman is one of them. And what I'm going to read for you is when he, the chapter I'm talking about here is chapter 10, and it's referred to as the Ten Commandments of Love. And what struck me about this sixth commandment of you shall not commit adultery in the work in our field of sexuality and relationships, Doctor, uh, pardon me, Esther Perel, who is a therapist, has done a lot of work in this area. And interestingly enough, she says for like twenty percent of the people, divorce is an issue, but for like ninety-one percent of people, infidelity is an issue. And so I was very interested to see what Jesus would have said about what adultery is, and. I, I, on, on occasion, I'll say, these are my words. Okay. His words are, The Sixth Commandments, Commandment states, You shall not commit adultery. It is the Father's will that the institution of marriage be a holy bond, not entered into lightly or broken lightly. The holiness of marriage does not draw its power from the earthly plane. The coming together of a man and a woman to create a life of devotion to each other is a symbol of the sacred marriage between the Father and his faithfulness to mankind, between the immortal soul and its beloved heart, and between all aspects of creation which are bonded together to work in love. And please understand, the one thing that is a message throughout this book consistently is that God is love. There is nothing more. If, if a law is not based in love, it is not a law that is of the universe. Going back to the quote here. The marriage of a man and a woman honors and recognizes the marriage of all things. When a marriage is loving and pure, it is also the greatest expression of kindness. Remember I talked about the Venus show? What types of kindness do you practice? The greatest expression of kindness and tenderness to be found on earth. Compassion is the Father's will for all life. Wherever kindness is held in loving sanctuary, there is a hope and a basis for it to be extended to the rest of existence. Whenever two or more come together in love for any purpose, whatever the relationship, whatever the bond, a union is created within the one spirit. Under the governance of law of love, a very close interchange of adamantine particles will occur. Now, just to give you a little background, adamantine particles are the smallest, most basic part of the universe. They are literally the sourcing of everything. And in the presence of love, they take on a meaning and form and bring it into a functional unity. So the, under the governance of love, a very close interchange of adamantine particles will occur. So to deepen meaningful bond as marriage should be pure and free from irrelevant, debased, or dishonest ingredients. Every problem that occurs later on can be traced back to basic adulterations of love. Isn't that a great comment? Every problem that occurs later can be traced back to basic adulterations of love. And these are my words. I say to people, if you are entering into a relationship or into a marriage, and you have a hidden agenda, or you are not clean and clear on why it is you were being there, believe you me, eventually it will show up. It cannot help but that is just the energy of what you have done. You have made a choice based on something you are not being honest about. Going back to his words, if the commitment is weak and the motivations were less than honorable, there may not be enough strength and sincerity to produce an enduring marriage. When the bond is not pure, a relationship will fail. This happens because adulteration is already part of the relationship. Isn't that great? This happens because adulteration is already part of the relationship. Unity was formed for any number of, unity was formed for any number of external motivations, insincere reasons, or perhaps an inappropriate way. If a marriage occurs only for money, Convenience or social advantage. Adultery has already been programmed into the relationship. Is there any wonder that adulteration will later manifest as infidelity? Wow. Isn't that a great statement? I read that over the weekend and I was like, woohoo! Yes! So here's the statement again. Is there any wonder that adulteration will later manifest manifest as infidelity and again this is coming from love without end jesus speaks 10th anniversary edition glenda green and this is the 10th chapter and i'm reading the sixth commandment so this is her comment marital instability and divorce are widespread problems today are there circumstances and conditions under which a marriage should be deliberately ending this is her question to jesus here's the response the real core of unity is the love of two people honoring their bond to each other with respect, sincerity, and depth of commitment. If this does not exist in sufficient measure to be cultivated, or if the adulteration of love is greater than the couple's ability to resolve, then it would be better to discontinue the marriage than to dishonor love. I think we should be putting that type of comment in front of attorneys, in front of people that will say you can't get out of a marriage uh, because you've given your word. Sometimes marriages do end. So here's the the next statement that he says. Even so, the dissolving of marriage should not be taken lightly or for reasons stemming from momentary stress and pressure, for this is an union instituted by God. All marriages belong to the Father to be empowered or dispensed according to his will. And when he says all marriages belong to the Father, I'm going to include in that the marriages of my gay friends and others for whom they wish to have that, what they consider to be a very honorable institution within which they can be given you know, that their, their children could be raised within that, that they can have that for their own solidness within a society that very much has an attitude that marriage is an honorable institution. Again, all marriages belong to the Father, to be empowered or dispensed according to His will. This is necessary to ensure that human life never be owned by another, even through the bonds of matrimony. By the Father's will, even where the marriage has been a good one, there are times when a greater covenant will be established with the individuals to serve in separate ways. Therefore, structure is not endowed with the authority, structure meaning things that man puts into place. Structure is not endowed with the authority to imprison love beyond its service, merely to perpetuate the stability of vested interests or outward signs of solidarity. The union of a man and woman is the most pure and perfect symbol for the marriage of any two things. Therefore, its fullest significance can be seen as it brings a depth of meaning to other relationships as well. The principles of marriage are symbolic for all relationships. When you commit your life in faith to a career or a vocation, is that not a marriage? What about your relationship to brotherhood, to friends, to family, and the one spirit? Are these not also marriages? And then she asks the question, what's the greatest marriage? Response, the union of God and man. That is the power behind all other marriages. When mankind responds to the will of God as a bride does to her groom, there will be heaven on earth. And the final statement he makes, you've now seen the greater truth behind these laws. They are instruments of the heart's command. Isn't that powerful? I thought when I read that, it was like, wow. The definition of adultery is that you are out of sync with the love that you are delivering. It's an adulteration of love. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the uh, presentation I'm going to be doing later this week at Children of the Night, Dr. Lois Lee's organization, that I went to the 36th anniversary last week, and I'll talk about that too. I'll be back right after this break.
0: Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com.
2: Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy scream little bundle of joy so now what where's the owner's manual for this thing where are my instructions right here it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on TogiNet.com. infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge.
4: Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that influence. Woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of WooHoo Inc., and the WooHoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do. In love, life, and business, she is going to... To be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Sex Talk.
1: Before the break, I had been talking about the uh, book Love Without End by Glenda Green and the chapter on the Ten Commandments of Love and the Sixth Commandment, Thou Shalt shalt Not Commit Adultery. And it, for me, was a very powerful uh, two pages. And I have to tell you, I love to read. This book, I think, is like 300 pages, maybe a little longer, 267. little longer than that. Um, And I have to tell you, it is so beefy in the information that is there. It's 345 pages. I can only read like two pages at a time. But the stuff that's in there is so awesome. And it was my girlfriend who recommended it to me when she had gone through the loss of her husband. So anything that she was reading at that time, that Sherry was reading, I was reading as well. So... This week, I am going to be doing one of my pro bono, one of my volunteer speaking arrangements. And it is for the kids, the uh, clients who are at Children of the Night, residents actually. And what Children of the Night is, it was the first established shelter for underage children who were on the streets with prostitution and the founder of it founder and ceo is dr lois lee uh, lois is a friend of mine and i first met her when we were both serving on national co- uh, councils with former surgeon general david Satcher. and i knew she was doing doing a speaking presentation for us and i knew she was in los angeles area and i thought you know what i need to see what you do there as a certified sex educator one of the things that I look at is how supportive and how valid is the information that people are being given. Because the one thing that I think we can all agree on, the majority of us have had or received messages about sexuality that just, quite frankly, beat you up. They are not there to tell you things are okay. They are there to tell you, uh, rather, don't do it or there's something wrong or there's going to be some heinous reaction that's going to occur for you. And, you know, then they come from the other side and go like, oh, this is all, you know, uh, most wonderful place. This is where you come from, blah, blah, blah. And then they turn around and tell you "But you're not supposed to be doing anything. Well, we teach people how to invest money. We teach people how to drive cars. We teach people how to, well, sometimes we teach them how to invest and drive well. (laughs) But that is something that is considered part of, the growing up process. And so should be the information about healthy sexuality. So Lois, I went over, I saw the shelter, which is here. And I have to tell you, she has created something that is now known worldwide. And the shelter has 24 beds. It literally, and one of the things Lois saw, she was a 24-year-old PhD student at UCLA. And she saw from her apartment, these young kids on the street, and she was like, what are you doing here? Why are you out here? And these are the kids who had either been thrown out of the house by uh, an adult who said, if someone came out, if they were gay, if they were transgender, and the family would say, you know, y- you cannot be like that in my household. Uh, this is a Christian household. You are not to have those thoughts or behave like this, which... Now, I think, you know, people hopefully are a little more aware, yet these kids were kind of like what they call the throwaway kids. Um, someone came into a relationship, they didn't get along with the new person, and they ran away. Or they were actually being abused themselves. For many of them, they were abused themselves as children by the adults who were either selling them for drugs, uh, they were prostituting them for drugs or for money. So. When Lois, when, when I first saw the shelter, I think it was 2005, 2006, I remember asking Lois, as a certified sex educator, I said, what are the things that they're learning? Because in the shelter, it literally is their home. She said, I realized they needed someplace to get in a proper education. They needed to get good nutrition. They needed a place that was stable where they could be. They needed to have medical care. They needed to have the things that you have in a home. They needed to have the structure. They needed to have the rituals. And I was at the 36th anniversary of Children of the Night, and that was last Tuesday. And I will tell you that One of the biggest donors for Children of the Night is the Johnny Carson Foundation. And another very big donor is Hugh Hefner, which most people will go, you're kidding, really? Really. And what also, another very big donor now, is called Backpage. And most people think, well, isn't there a conflict between what Backpage does and what Children of the Night does? And in all actuality... No, because what backpage does in the area where it looks at the escorts, right beside the escort ads, if someone is doing this and you know they're eighteen and over, that's not who Children of the Night is looking for. They're looking for the kids who have been forced into it by pimps, and the ad is there saying, you know, if you are ready to, you know, if you're tired of turning tricks, believe me, your pimp isn't, but you might be. Call us. And the big thing that's happening now for these runaway kids or kids that have been thrown out, the girls are, they're not prostituting as much, but they're doing crimes that the pimps are setting them up for. And then the girls are getting arrested for the crimes, not the pimps. And but what Lois' program, I mean, it is known throughout all the law enforcement in the U.S. And so literally... They're doing what they create now, which is called Children of the Night, Wow, Without Walls. So the other thing these kids need is they need education. So some of them are, you know, fighting, kicking, you know, I don't want to be, you know, have anything to do with this. There were seven uh, graduates and as one woman said, I don't call myself, you know, a, a former resident. I call myself one of Lois's kids. And during the 36th Presentation, Lois introduced her son, Bo, and she said, This young man is the man who gave me the ideas and the structure for what needed to be done in Children of the Night. So, if on a Friday evening it's going to a movie, if on Saturday it's going and playing, you know, baseball and then having a barbecue afterwards, the things that are done as a family unit and The stories of how these young women and young men have turned out is nothing short of amazing. And yet, the big thing that they said that had them, here they were, they were street kids. And most street kids learn how to survive because they're smart and they're savvy and they know how to work a system. Because... If you're pretty vulnerable, you're probably not going to survive very long, sad as it is to say. Yet, each one of them said a similar thing in manner and form: is that Lois Lee's program, so she has her PhD, then she went back and got a law degree, but is that she listened and she trusted them. And this one woman said, Who's going to trust me? Why would someone. Trust me. And she said, I was just waiting for them to say what they wanted from me. But they didn't want anything from me. They wanted me to be okay. Now, there's no question, there's definitely structure in Children of the Night. Because the pimps will try and get the girls out again. They'll try and get them to do other things. The pimps will be highly threatening. It is a very secure building. And yet, what Lois asked me to come and do is speak to these young women about healthy sexuality. And so what I'm going to do, I will be going in and doing a presentation similar to what I do to UCLA. And these girls may have had 1,000 to 10,000 Johns, yet it's not about, that survival sex, that's sex in order that, you know, you can eat or have a place to sleep. What they are what this is about is who they are as young women, young men, as sexual beings who want to have an awareness and a validation of their own bodies, what their own desires are. So I am literally going in there as the place where they can ask the questions, which Almost every person has one of those questions that, and if someone asks it, trust me, there's going to be someone else who has exactly the same question. So, you know, it can be about sexual function. It can be about, is this normal? It can be about, well, I'm really attracted to this right now. What about that? And they want to know that their questions will be answered honestly. And most physicians, have no training in this area most people of faith have no training in this area and most therapists have no training in this area. So that's why Lois said, and I've been doing this now five years and I have to tell you, it's one of the more powerful things that I do for two hours like once every month, once every two months. We're coming back to uh, we're coming after our final break. Uh, remember that tomorrow I'm on with Dr. Diana Wiley. You can talk, type in Dr. Diana Wiley or love, lust, and laughter. It'll come up. And when we come back, I'm going to be talking about the truth about cancer and the other things with hot mamas.
2: If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on com. hour for more information on the million dollar mindset go to our website marla that's m-a-r-l-a-t-a-b-a-k-a.com it's the million dollar mindset with marla tabaka monday afternoons at 2 1 p.m central on toginet.com this is the toginet radio network radio with a cutting edge
1: I wanted to let people know this is kind of like an outside of what my field of sexuality, but actually it's not because when you have a health issue, for most people, that's often when there's a real shutdown of their connection, their relationship, and there's a woman who very, uh, very boldly, I will say, uh, posted a photo of what it is like and what her breast looks like after radiation therapy. And honest to God, I heard one woman say, and this is like, it, to see this, it is just painful to even look at this, that it is like the worst sunburn of the worst sunburn times can. And the program I'm going to be telling you about is created by a gentleman by the name of Ty Bollinger. He did the interviewing of over 100 different experts, and this is the second, this is the Truth About Cancer Global Quest docu-series. And for any of you who are dealing with health issues, whether it is chronic, whether it be cancer, whether it be anything that can, you know, that you're sort of feeling, oh, my God, frantic and up against the wall, Please, please, please listen to some of the treatments, and these are MDs, these are worldwide experts, these are published experts, and they're giving you the, what is, people would refer to as an alternative treatment, but in all actuality, these are the treatments that were the natural and holistic cancer cures that were around 50 years ago. 60 years ago, 100 years ago, until we had Rockefeller and Carnegie walk in and basically strip out the guts of the holistic and natural healthcare industry and make the pharmaceutical industry and oil-based petrochemical pharmaceutical industry be the only pharmaceuticals that you're going to get so that they can patent it so that they can make more money off of their oil. Isn't that nice? So I'm telling you this because... If you have an interest in your health, your relationships, your love life, and that of anyone you know, please look and take a look at this. It's called the truthaboutcancer.com. The gentleman's name is Ty Bollinger, and that's B-O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. It is fascinating. Now, I have a background in heart sciences, biology, botany, microbiology, zoology. So when I'm listening to this, There are parts of me that I have what I refer to as brain grenades. I'm like, how the F did I not know this? And really what it boils down to is that it was something that is not going to be in mainstream media because they walk hand in hand with pharma. So this is and majority of searching that women do online is done for health issues. And that is something that... When I look at, in my household, what's going on, I mean, there are just certain things. I just realized that I thought, oh, good, I can be using, you know, agave. Uh, you know, it has a higher, you know, um, uh, shoot, I can't think of the name of it, a higher um, sugar sweetness factor. But you know what? It is just as bad as any sugar. And sugar itself, manufactured, processed foods with sugar in it, are some of the most nasty things that we can be putting into our body. We should end also, anything that has that GMO, corn, or high fructose corn, or corn based to it, corn is GMO. I mean, literally, World Health Organization came out this past, I'm just reading it for this week, they made the comment that Monsanto's glyphosate, which is the thing that is in, It It is the GMO active ingredient as a pesticide within the corn causes cancer in humans. Not linked to, not could be, but causes. And to say something is causative, well, what do you think the first thing that came out next? Ta-da! Monsanto comes trotting out with their PR person and goes like this, "Ah, We don't think there's any validation to that statement. Oh, Really? Well, that's your job as a PR agent, isn't it? Let's put the spin factor on. But when you look at what you can do on a day-to-day basis to take care of your body, to take care of your health, so that you can have a good relationship, you can have uh, feeling, you can have so that you're not dumbed down by medication, the biggest thing that people need to know is that food is medicine, medicine is food and that's one of the big things. Our food has been so adulterated and I know for me when I go into the store to try and find something, let's say I'm trying to make an amazing apodisiacal dinner. Well, first thing I start with is I look for, okay, I'm going to need to focus on organic. Okay, so it's slightly more expensive but and I always, if I can, We'll go to a farmer's market. And again, even in a farmer's market, you have to make sure, you have to ask, is it organic? What are the pesticides? And a little FYI, sometimes apples are stored for so long, you know, six months plus, that the pesticide that is sprayed on the outside of them, so it's through the skin, it gets into the pectin, gets into the fruit itself. So you can use the washes on the outside of it. But it's still already in the fruit. So, asking how things are made. I have three books on creating aphrodisiacal meals. And I love to look at the ingredients. You know, honey is one of them. Everyone always talks about, you know, chocolate as being the big thing. I think chocolate's great. I actually think that caramel is much better. <laughs> the, the big thing that you look for find a food that is as close to nature as is possible. So if you're making an aphrodisiacal meal, if you're making that sexy meal, the better and closer to nothing out of a box, if you can, that you can, the better the impact is going to be for your body and the person that you're serving the meal for, whether it's a meal, whatever it may be. If you are going to use protein, a lean protein, I mean we see almost every week, you know, whether it's the bacon, whether it's the preservatives, they've known this for years. I mean, for heaven's sake. My mother died in 1979, and my mother knew that you shouldn't be using, you know, these preserved meats and bacon because of all the nitrates in it. And she knew that then. So this is not new information. But what is new is that we have a concentration of food that we are given and the stress in our world. And again, going back to the top of the show, how kind are you being to yourself? So my kindness is to try and get as clean a food as I can. I thank the food. I look for something that is going to be supportive for my body and for my mind. And if that means removing myself from stressful people and stressful situations, absolutely, I'm going to do it. If it means listening to the truth about cancer and getting information that helps me to help my body and myself, I'm going to do it. Because I'll tell you, I find that there actually is a crisis right now in chronic illness and people's ability to maintain relationships and to maintain intimacy, and connection, whether it's because of medications they're taking, whether they're drugged out, whether they are on foods that interrupt their brain's ability to function, whether they have been eating too many foods that interrupt their ability to produce testosterone for young men, whether they've been vaccinated too much, and that also has an impact. We and, you know, you and you alone are the one who is in charge of creating the food and the ability to keep your body functional and feeling good about itself. Because the more you feel good about yourself, the more that's going to come off of you. You know those people who are always like, oh, my God, I'm so sick, I'm always bad. You don't want to be around that. Who does? What you want is someone who's, you know, I'm not feeling as well as I did the other day. So your body hears well. Your body doesn't hear I'm sick. It is, I'm feeling not as well as, but it hears well. Again, we talked about what words do you use. Your words going out there are powerful. So if you're saying, I am going to make a point of finding the best possible, and, you know, basil, fresh basil in things is one of the more scented and and organic basil. It brings up, uh, you know, it can be used in salads, it can be used with, with scallops, it can be used with eggplant. You have when you look at the herbs and the organic herbs, you have a buffet of aphrodisiac sitting there right in front of you. So we're coming up to the end of the show here. So the other thing about children of the night with Doctor Lee, with Doctor Lois Lee. She is not only known throughout North America, she's also taken this her program to the Vatican and over to Rome for women who are forced into prostitution in Italy and working with the nuns over there. And she can spot things like you would not believe. So, the big thing that she had from her clients and her kids was they trusted her and she made them feel heard. And that is crucial when you're working with anyone in whatever your relationship may be. So, Remember, what type of kindness do you practice? What are, you know, and is love at the base and is it the motivator for why you're in a relationship or what not? I talked about love without end and the sixth commandment of, do, you know, commit, do not commit adultery. And that it's actually do not adulter love. And I to me, that is a powerful thing to carry forward is that love is where we come from. It's our most powerful gift. If you have any questions or comments, please just send an email to office at lupadgett.com and you have a fabulous, fabulous week. Thanks so much for being with
2: me.
0: Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.